with the climate outside of ORU, uh, the world around us in which we live, uh, you know, with media attention on COVID-19 and the impact it has across diverse communities. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly living through some of the, uh, the uh, protests and the campaign for Black Lives Matters, as uh, you know, we've seen in, right there in Oak Ridge and in the community around us. Um, I think that it is important for us to be visible. You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join your hosts, Michael and Jenna, as they discuss all things ORAU through interviews with our experts who provide innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers. They'll talk about ORU's storied history, how we're impacting an ever-changing world, and our commitment to our community. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Good morning and welcome to Further Together, the ORU podcast. I am your host, Michael Holtz, and Jenna Harpenau cannot be with us this episode, so it's just me and four fabulous co-workers who are part of ORAU's Diversity Council, and I'm very excited to talk to them this morning. I have with me Mae Mosley, Chanel Sutterth, Dee Dee James, and Anne Gonzalez, and if each of you could very briefly introduce yourselves, tell me your role at ORAU, and kind of how you got here. Um, what brought you to ORAU in the first place? And May, I think I'll start with you, if you don't mind. Okay, great, Michael. How's everybody today? I am um, glad you have invited the Diversity Council to um, be a participant Certainly, this is a time when uh, there have been curiosity questions raised about us, so I'm happy to be able to share some information, so thank you. Uh, so I've been with ORU now. It doesn't seem like it, but it really I've just passed my seven-year marker. I was actually thinking it was six, but it's actually been seven. And so time passed fast when you're having fun, right? <laughs> but uh, my previous job uh, before moving here... Uh, Knoxville. I was um, Chief Diversity and Compliance Officer uh, for Briggs and Stratton Outdoor Power Equipment Company. And uh, in that role, I had uh, lots of things uh, that uh, fell under my area of responsibility. Uh, primarily, it, uh, we called it the employee services side. So uh, it was um, all of the affirmative action compliance, a lot of things that I do currently here uh, at uh, ORU. And uh, upon coming to ORU, um, part of the role under the uh, directors of the HR position uh, is the responsibility of serving as a technical advisor for the Diversity Council. And so uh, it has been my joy because this is a passion of mine. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, my thesis in my master's program was about um, diversity and the glass ceiling. So it's kind of been a path of my life for quite some time. Uh, but certainly, uh, here for you, it has given me an opportunity to expand and, and grow in a different market uh, and learn more about uh, East Tennessee, how it compares to the Midwest, and even the South. So uh, that's a little bit of my journey. Awesome. Thank you, May. That, your thesis topic sounds very interesting. I want to know more about that. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> Chanel, tell us about you. All right. Well, uh, previously, I was a regional HR operations manager for Premier Parking. And um, basically, I had to do many functions associated with HR. And I was really excited about the fact that ORU would give me the opportunity to specialize in an area or areas that are near and dear to my heart, which um, is to me being an employee advocate and also the diversity piece. The fact that ORU would put those two together um, speaks volumes to the importance of uh, diversity at ORU, and I couldn't think of any other place I definitely wanted to be, and was so happy when I was able to secure the position. Awesome. Thank you for that, Chanel. And Anne, tell us about you. Sure. Um, so my name is Anne Gonzalez, and I work in research services right now. My background is primarily in museums and librarianship. Um, and I also have a JD, but honestly, that is more decorative than functional at this point. Um, and what I do at ORAU is help with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, with peer review programs. And I work to identify qualified experts to review proposals that are provided by our customers. Um, and I think... That about covers what I do. Okay, awesome. And Dee Dee. All right, so I am Dee Dee James. I'm a business systems analyst in the IT corporate business applications group. Previously, I came from US Bank as their training systems, um, training practice tool administrator. Now I came to ORAU in 2017 and I was being prepared to be here, however, in 1992, whereas uh, when I was in the seventh grade, my math teacher picked me to attend a camp that was designed to teach children math and science, but in a fun way. So at the time I was told that the purpose was to introduce young people um, STEM and with the hopes that they would one day go and work into the STEM field. So when I joined ORU in 2017, the business name seemed familiar from an envelope that I had um, during the days that I went to camp. So after doing my research and asking a few questions, the program that I attended as a youth was actually established here. So I did a little more research and I found online a publication that contained a timeline of events for um, RAU. Mm -hmm. um, and in that publication, I found a photo of me um, <laughs> on, the go on a goat cart uh, in Pigeon <laughs> Forge, which at the time we were actually measuring, I believe, velocity and speed. So I remember distinctly even when the cameraman set the camera up on the goat cart. So, um, uh, yeah. So basically the, the folks here that are responsible for um, – teaching me and getting my mind set to be prepared for a STEM career um, has circled back around from when I was in the seventh grade. Wow. I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> but we all have our journeys. So, I, you know, I love that um, we all have the opportunity to work together. So we, we work for a great company. So, and you all have specific roles on the Diversity Council. Dee Dee, you serve as the chairman. 
Um, Chanel, you are the treasurer and is the secretary. And May, you serve as technical advisor. Um, Didi and Anne, will you talk a little bit about what the Diversity Council is, um, kind of what it does and what your roles are on the council? Okay, um, I'll go ahead and start. So my role is as president slash chair. Um, I orchestrate the council meetings by publishing the agendas in advance for all of our regular council meetings. I preside over the meetings of the council and when appropriate, um, represent the council at all of the different functions. Um, the diversity, diversity council um, in itself um, some of our principal functions are to provide diversity awareness education to the ORAU workforce and to serve as a resource for diversity related issues arising in the workforce. Okay. And anything that you want to add in terms of what your role is and then how diversity council works? Uh, well, my role is as secretary and my primary responsibility is to take notes and then distribute those after the meetings so that we have a record of what we've discussed or decided on. And then people who weren't able to make the meeting can obviously review those. Um, how it works is we're primarily um, either self-nominated or uh, maybe having a manager nominate us to the council. and. As far as I know, most folks who want to be on the council get to be on the council. Okay. Uh, always looking for a, you know, a robust group of, of members uh, who can bring different experiences and, and different viewpoints. Um, and like Dee Dee said, we, we try to provide awareness of the importance of diversity, um, have events that maybe help people learn more about diversity um, and provide an avenue for people who have questions or concerns about that. Great. Thank you so much. Um, Mayor Chanel, I, one of the things when I was researching just a little bit of the background of the Diversity Council, like this isn't new for ORE. I mean, the Diversity Council has been around since in one form or another since 1991. Um, has it always had kind of the same focus? Has it evolved over time? You know, are, are things different now maybe than when it was first um, chartered? So, so, Michael, this is May. I'd be happy to speak to that. Um, well, you know, the, the Diversity Council itself it has been around for a while. Um, the Diversity Council um, has, was formed back in 1991, actually. And my predecessor, Rose Napier, uh, was uh, actively involved in the earlier negotiations about the structure for the for the council. Uh, but the council also serves uh, multiple roles uh, under the DOE contract. Uh, we have um, made note, and it is written into the contract that our diversity council exists. Okay. Uh, it then uh, uh, was negotiated in the most recent contract that we have. Uh, with DOE in 2016, um, um, I had a body of folks that served as a focus group in helping structure uh, that uh, the diversity contract, uh, the diversity plan, and, and it was approved by DOE. So this isn't just a fly-by-night kind of a document. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the DOE actually approves uh, our plan, which is a good thing. 
and the, and the structure had pretty much been the same for the diversity council uh, going back to um, the earlier years of its existence um, in uh, from 1991. Uh, but of course, like everything, it evolved over time. So in uh, 2014, uh, after meeting with uh, and doing strategic planning with the current um, diversity council group, we made a few adjustments in our charter, in our charter language, and in the functional role for the diversity council. Uh, primarily uh, changing the name slightly uh, in 2014. Uh, so the earlier name included the word EEO uh, as part of the council name. And so we decided that um, the EEO piece was not something that the um, uh, council was really involved in equal employment opportunity, which mm-hmm. is an, another element within my functional role. And so we adjusted the charter in the language to be a more more appropriately designed for what uh, the council uh, is involved in. So except for the revision in 2014, uh, the, the charter for the diversity council had pretty much remained the same uh, from 1991 up to that point. Okay. Um, but it is a viable piece of the of the organization. I can't imagine what uh, ORU would be about if we didn't have the council. Right. Well, and, you know, you play an important role really in two aspects. And Chanel, I'm going to ask you about one of those. Um, When we were talking and preparing for um, this conversation, you mentioned that, you know, members of council may get approached by other employees about diversity issues. What kinds of issues are you hearing about? Well, we hear about various um, issues, and especially with our current cultural climate, um, you can imagine that we get some very interesting questions or concerns. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> How, however, um, you know, our, the uh, uh, Diversity Council member brings uh, the employees' concerns back to the team and we determine from there, um, you know, the best way, the best information to give to that person. Basically, from my, from my position and my standpoint, we do not necessarily address issues as the stretch of the Diversity Council is limited, but we serve more of a sounding board to pass along the concerns. You know, we do have the ear of Andy and we're in conjunction with employee relations groups. So we basically share the information that's being brought to us to let them be aware as to what the employees um, concerns are. Okay. And they could range anywhere on, I assume, the spectrum of diversity issues without getting too specific, obviously. That is um, correct. Okay. Um, and then I, 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 the other sort of major function and the thing that the Diversity Council may be best widely known for are, you know, the events that you host every year for employees and the community um, like the Cultural Awareness Days and Veterans Appreciation Day. Um, why are events like this important um, for the Diversity Council to do? Our Heritage Day and our uh, Veterans Day, we definitely mm-hmm. uh, have the opportunity to um, give people information about uh, the, the various events and to celebrate as a whole. 
Awesome. And I would assume, you know, having, having been several times to both of, you know, those events every year, um, it helps from sort of a marketing branding awareness perspective that we have a diversity council, which is important for our employees to know, um, so that they know where to turn if there's an, if there's a concern that they want to raise, um, and kind of get, you know, get advice from someone on the council, right? I mean, it's, it's sort of an awareness building opportunity as well. Uh, Michael, this is May. Yep. And uh, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, along with what Chanel shared with you, we, you know, the education a piece of what we do as a diversity council reaches farther than just internal to uh, the ORU employees. Um, you know, for instance, our Veterans Day event, as well as our uh, Black History Month event, mm-hmm. uh, those types of things that, you know, you guys get engaged with us a lot as far as recording those so that uh, or making sure that our employees who are at remote locations are able to access the same types of educational events that we have here in Oak Ridge. But the broader reach for us, uh, uh, thanks, thankfully, we have the uh, the local network that will come in and, and actually be there for some of the speakers and the events that we have, which gives us that broader audience within the community. Uh, we have been told that, uh, especially our veterans event, that that is one of the best in the community. And so we not only impact the Oak Ridge community, I was told that by several people who came up and introduced themselves to me during some of our Veterans Day events, that uh, they come in from all over the county uh, and they, they kind of wow. prepare themselves to help celebrate their Veterans Celebration Day with us. And then we have a faithful family of homeschoolers. <laughs> uh, right. We have some homeschoolers. And if they're not there, I, I wonder what we've done wrong, that we didn't <laughs> attract our homeschoolers that, for that event. But uh, I have at least a couple of parents who have said that they bring their children there, especially for the, uh, the uh, Black History Month and our Cultural mm-hmm. Heritage Day, because they treat that as an educational opportunity for their kids to learn about something that uh, they would not normally get exposed to uh, or they would, uh, you know, view this as an opportunity for them to actually add to their curriculum for the types of things that they've been engaged in. So, uh, you know, while we we like to toot our horn a little bit, but I think that uh, we uh, get our best benefit when the people in the community and others uh, toot our horn for us. And so that is certainly, uh, you know, something to be proud of that uh, we're not just providing educational opportunities for those internal to ORU, but we're also reaching those people who are outside and they're making it known to us that, you know, they want to keep the going. <laughs> they really look forward to it actually. Right. And you know, not to brag or anything, but you know, the black history month and veterans day events certainly, you know, attract media attention as well. Um, so, you know, we even cast the net a little bit wider, um, you know, beyond Anderson County. So, which is exciting as well. It seems like right now, May, the work of the Diversity Council is more important than ever before. Um, would you agree or disagree with that and why? Yes, I do agree, even though I think it's always been important. But I do sure. think that with the climate outside of ORU, 
uh, the world around us in which we live, uh, you know, with media attention on COVID-19 and the impact it has across diverse communities. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly living through some of the, uh, the uh, protests and the campaign for Black Lives Matters, as uh, you know, we've seen in, right there in Oak Ridge and in the community around us. Um, I think that it is important for us to be visible. Um, when Andy was ready to give a public release on the position that ORU had taken, um, we, he actually involved our voice. Uh, I was part of the conversation that he had with CM and, and, and legal and the rest of the important voices that he thought mattered in uh, him compiling information enough so that it would be a representation across multiple areas of the company, which was, was a, a pretty neat idea. And so mm-hmm. while we are just a, we're a subgroup, like any other department within ORU. And so, you know, the voice of Andy speaks for the voice of many as the uh, point person representing the company as, uh, you know, at his level as the president. So we were uh, actually happy that uh, he thought enough of the diversity council or or my role in relationship with the council uh, that we were included in the message. I know sometimes people think that, uh, you know, the visibility of the diversity council should be more. Uh, We've heard that a little bit. And Mm -hmm. so we do realize that and we take that in into consideration. And I do believe that because we are all in remote work at this point, that, you know, our ability to uh, be a better person. group for as a point of contact for employees it's just not there but it hasn't stopped employees i will say that Um, you know we still have we still have employees who are reaching out to us and providing us with their uh, feedback on on all of the things that are going on in the community uh, as well and so generally what happens michael is that at the end of each one of our meetings, we ask this, uh, the diversity council, what are they hearing? Kind of are keeping our fingers on the pulse of the organization as well as uh, the opinion of, our, of the people that work at ORU. And when we receive that feedback, you know, as a technical advisor and also as a, uh, a point person uh, with Andy Page uh, as on as a representative for the diversity council we always have his ear to share information with him uh, on the things we're hearing around the organization that he probably wouldn't get by any other means and so uh, so we use that as a as a voice but you know i jokingly like to say that uh, people say if we don't hear from you they think we're not doing anything and i i laugh and say we're kind of that insurance bill that you don't know you're paying (laughs) you know (laughs) We kind of, you know, we kind of make sure that uh, uh, whenever we something could become something a bigger issue for you, we're covering it at the bases below and and trying to make sure that uh, you know we, we we attend to it before it becomes a bigger issue. And so I kind of like saying that because there are things that the diversity council has brought forward to me through email or they've shared it in the meetings. Uh, we've done some follow up to try to get clarification to the individual that brought it to us so that they can take it back 
to the person that raised it as a concern. So where that behind the scenes insurance ticket that ORU has uh, to keep things from bubbling up uh, or to give employees that outlet, as uh, Dee Dee and um, Ann and, and Chanel have said, we provide an outlet for employees so that they have a resource. People they're familiar with, our diversity council comes from all backgrounds and from across most areas of the company so that people are familiar with their faces and if they prefer not to have to come to HR or employee relations or some senior management level, they have a person that they are comfortable with, they're familiar with, uh, that will be a voice for them in making sure that their message gets to the right hands and, and then we get it into the right area so that we can address it. Awesome. I love that analogy of the insurance policy. Like you don't think about it every day, but it's there doing its work so that when you need it, it's ready. So, and I definitely think that's what the diversity council does. Um, Didi and Anne, as the chairman slash president and secretary respectively, what does it mean to you personally to be on the diversity council? Um, well, from an employee standpoint, uh, to begin and to feed off of the last question that you that you asked May, um, when I look at the diversity council in itself, I like that it's composed of professional, diverse individuals. So everyone's different. Everyone has different opinions, and everyone's bringing different resources to the table. Um, so to be on the council, it allows me to not only be someone sounding board, but to also give my opinions amongst this group of professional individuals as well. And mm -hmm. as well as, you know, to be able to help my colleagues, um, you know, with anything that they may be going through um, within the diverse area. Thank you for that, Dee Dee. And how about you? I guess I would say, um, one thing that I value in my life and in society is the presence of diverse voices and diverse opinions. And when I started at ORU and heard about the Diversity Council, I thought that would be something I would be very interested in participating in. Um, I would like to support efforts to increase awareness of diversity. I guess really it just comes down to it's, it's a value of mine and this is one way that I can support it in my workplace. I love that. Love that. Chanel, how about you as the treasurer for the group? As the treasurer of the group, I, I definitely hold myself um, accountable for making sure that um, we are uh, budget-wise in line with what we had set out to do and that we have enough money to do everything <laughs> because things can be costly, but they're so uh, worth it that we make sure that, you know, we have enough money to do it. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm also the fill-in person. Just anything else that has to be done that maybe um, somebody might not have time to do, I serve as uh, the technical advisor's assistant. So I uh, make sure that, um, you know, it's a well-oiled machine, <laughs> if you will, because it, it, it takes uh, many hands to make all of our events work. So um, that's what I do. And I love being on that diversity council because um, 
I have very diverse thoughts and, and I love to be among like-minded people. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I love to be able to um, work together to, um, to enhance our culture. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Meg, um, if an employee is interested in serving on the council, how might they go about, um, I guess, raising that awareness that they want, that they might be interested? So, so Michael, where we are right now uh, with the council, and normally at, in October, I will send a notice out to the executive, uh, okay. letting them know that um, um, someone has either nominated someone in their area uh, so that we can continue to have the diverse balance across all of ORU, or we may identify an area where we don't have any representation. And so sometimes the members will uh, say, you know, hey, I think this person would be a great person to serve, or this person hasn't told me that they are interested in in serving on the diversity council, which is oftentimes we have a, a, a list of folks who've uh, inquired or informed us that they want to serve before okay. the notice actually goes out. Uh, so, so I'll tell you, we did not do that. And we're, we're considering where we are now because of the restructure of the organization right now. And so while we're under the uh, restructuring, we're, we're actually decided to put this on hold uh, and okay. take a look at what the new structure looks like. So relatively soon, the Diversity Council's agenda will be uh, looking at what should our design look like uh, for with under the new structure, uh, with the change of Horizon Corporate, uh, you know, we used to be able to look at the population, the number of people, and say, you know, we need at least three representatives from this area, two from that area, so forth and so on. And so that was how we would go about uh, uh, identifying a number of people we would need. If we have people who are currently serving, we always ask them, if you're coming off, could you recommend someone as your replacement? It always simplifies it or keep us from having to go on that, un, uh, you know, uncharted uh, hunt uh, to find an individual. Uh, but most of the time, um, you know, we, it's, it's people who've already identified themselves. We make sure we cover all of our locations, like in not just diversity and culture, but, you know, South Campus, uh, all of our remote locations as well mm -hmm. as Oak Ridge. And then we, within the breakdown of the, of the uh, org structure, we try to look to make sure that uh, proportionate to the size of those organizations, that we have a fair representation as well. And so I didn't speak to that, but that is uh, a slight change from the way it used to be. People used to go on to the site and submit an application and apply. Okay. We've not totally done away with that. It's just that for the most part, we, we generally have a list of people waiting in queue. And so, uh, you know, if they fit the area where we need uh, someone to become a member, uh, we sort of work from that list. And then certainly our council members are always um, a good voice because they're involved with people on the operations side on a regular basis. And so if they bring forth a name uh, and the manager's, uh, manager approves it, we pretty much move in that direction. Okay. I love that there's a list of people who want to get involved. I think that's really exciting. That speaks to, I think, you know, the value of the diversity council across the organization. 
that people yes. that people want to get involved Michael, in some way. Yeah. I don't know if this is the right time. And since we're just kind of free flowing here, you can plug this in. Uh, and it was it has been brought to our attention. One of our lifelong supporters and members of the council, uh, Donna Neville's is going to be retiring. <laughs> and so we oh would not. Uh, <laughs> yes. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, she sent an email to us. So I'm going to assume she's okay with this being a public knowledge, but uh, you know, I would not want us to miss an opportunity. And if there, there are others, they have not notified me yet uh, before this show, but I would not want to miss an opportunity to uh, just brag about how much of a support Donna has yes. been with the council. Uh, she stayed longer than her assigned terms. She's come off and, and come back. Uh, this is certainly a passion of hers, and she's going to be sorely missed um, as a supporter, participator in all of our events and activities, recommending speakers, presenters. She's just been uh, just a, a major, major source of inspiration for those of us who uh, some days think that this is not going to go over well, and she steps in and makes it happen. So uh, have to give her her kudos and, and let her know how uh, happy we are to have had her serve on the Diversity Council for the years she committed to it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Donna will definitely be missed. So um, best of luck to Donna in her whatever happens next in her retirement, whatever adventures lie before her. So, well, ladies, thank you so much for taking time today to share about the Diversity Council, the importance of Diversity Council, and um, some of the great work that you do for ORU and for the community. I really appreciate it. And Michael, I'm sorry, yes. that was a That's good answer, okay. but I, uh, one thing I think, uh, and it, it came to me late, so I'm going to share. That's okay. Uh, and for every new person that comes on to ORU, uh, we share with them the pamphlet, the brochure of the Diversity Council, the uh, work. Uh, we give them a memorable piece, like a mug that says ORU mm -hmm. Diversity Council, uh, to keep close and near to them. So our effort is always to make sure that newcomers to ORU know who we are, uh, know who their representative is. The names of the council members are on the brochure. Uh, they have the mug as a friendly reminder, and we also let them know if they ever need to reach out to us, uh, that we rely on the employees to be a voice uh, back to us through their council member or directly to our department if there are things that they believe we should be made aware of. So um, I just wanted to make sure make it clear that we welcome everyone and everybody that walks in the door of ORU, know that we exist, know what our functional role is, and um, we make sure that uh, they have something to reach out to us, including our business card, if they ever need us. Great. Thank you for that. I do remember from my, my onboarding days, the the time spent with the diversity council. So yeah, it's, I love that everybody who walks in the door gets to hear from the diversity council on their first day, usually first day or second day of onboarding. So thank you so much for that. And with that, we will call this episode a wrap. Thank you all so much. Thank you for listening to further together, the ORU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU. 
and on Instagram at O-R-A-U Together. If you like Further Together, the O-R-A-U podcast, we would appreciate you giving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews will help more people find the podcast.